여러분 안녕하세요 주말 잘 지냈어요 네 공부 많이 했어요 <웃음> sorry but good morning and uh, let's see it's uh, near the end of the year it's what do you call it holiday week Christmas is coming up uh, I think this Hanukkah is still going on and then uh, I don't know how Kwanzaa works sorry about that but uh, happy whatever you celebrate and <coughs> So it's the end of the year, right? And we had UFC Fight Night, Thompson versus Neil. The uh, I think it's like a Fight Night 17 at the Apex Center in Las Vegas. There was also some uh, Chelsea London Submission Underground, which was pretty. It was pretty good. Um, I mean, grappling is it can be. Uh, tedious or boring, I guess, to watch for a lot of people, but at, at that high level, especially this guy, uh, I mean, this, I say this guy, Mason Fowler, he's the SUG champ, he's the Submission Underground champ, he won, I think, Pan Ams, he won uh, something else, World or something, but he's a fucking beast, obviously, he's winning everything, and I'm, I'll, I'll get into it, but he is fucking incredible to watch, and for, I, I, I don't know, it's, it's entertaining to me, uh, if if you're not into grappling, uh, I would say if you want to check it out, definitely watch him, cause the, yeah, like I said, I'll get into it. But he's M- Mason Fowler. He's definitely fucking a great guy to watch for grappling. But so there's those two events uh, that went on. I think the next submission underground is uh, in March, and this was the last UFC event for 2020. Um. So great year of fights. I mean, there's fucking there's, uh, you know, the shutdown in the beginning of the year, but once they got back, they they had to to make their their quota to get their ESPN money. So they there was fights every fucking weekend. Like at the beginning, I think that there's uh like multiple fight nights plus the contender series was going on. Oh, great fucking year of fights. Uh, and uh, also, I guess a side note. I got some uh, uh, constructive criticism that I say um too much, so. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm working on it, man. Jeez. And also, uh, he said not to, my buddy was telling me not to, uh, he, it's hard for him to, to pay attention to, I guess, podcasts or speeches or anything with people that say um a lot and there's lots of pauses and asked me if it was my first go and like, yeah, I just, I sit down and then I fucking let it rip. I'm kind of... I mean, really, the, the way I started doing this was I wanted it, you know, just be straightforward. Because there's some, uh, like YouTube, oh, I can't remember the dude's name. He's he's pretty big. Philip DeFranco, maybe? He does a bunch of, like, news reports or some shit like that. But I noticed there's some other channels, too, and they, it's like, uh, you're watching, and it's, it, you know, it's you can tell they edit it, because, like, they chop it in between, because he chops out, <coughs> excuse me, his pauses and his ums and you know the little the dead air or whatever so that it just it runs through and i don't know there's something about that that bugs me it's like uh to me it's it's really um insincere is the word i'm thinking of and i, I get it it's like you know produced it's production value or whatever but yeah to me i don't like the that like real rehearsed kind of feel and that's just me that's me personally and uh this is my thing so i'm gonna do it my way and 
uh, apologize. Sorry. I mean, not sorry if it's painful, but yeah. It's painful for me to fucking, I think I've said it before, try to translate, interpret my own brain for, for everybody to understand it. So I'm just fucking talking about shit that I like, and that's that's what I'm doing. But yeah, no, no, no. I did, I did, uh, no, I appreciated the, the feedback because one, at least, <laughs> at least I know you listened a little bit, and then also, uh, was uh, straightforward enough to be like, hey, this is the sh- thing that I noticed or my takeaway, etc. But, uh, oh, there it is. See, I always say, but um, but um, uh, so yeah, I mean, uh, the editing thing. Uh, I mean, I'm still going to, I feel like I'm going to do it the same way. It's just kind of, I feel like it's more, the only word I can think of sincere. There's another word. I can't think of it. More genuine. Maybe that's what it is. More genuine. Uh, Just if it's kind of like to sound like a a conversation, I guess. Um, But something I did do, I did take notes and I'm going to try to follow my notes. So my buddy, uh, oh. Oh, you're welcome, or thank you, I guess, for your your, your feedback. Uh, so I'll d- yeah, I'll just get into it. So s- starting with the UFC fight night, uh, 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 the prelims uh, was this guy. I uh, was uh, Gi- Giagos or Giagos versus Minus, and the interesting thing about this fight was that uh, Giagos, Giagos, sorry, I, can't, I don't know how to say his name. I can't remember where he's from either, but he took the fight on. Wednesday and that so on Wednesday he accepted the fight I guess someone fell out for COVID or injury or something and he took the fight Wednesday accepted Wednesday and was fighting weighed in on Friday and made weight and then was fighting on Saturday and long story short he won but <coughs> so I mean like think about it like Wednesday Tuesday Wednesday morning he didn't even know he was going to be fighting boom then sat Friday's weighing in, making weight. Saturday's fighting, and this fight it went all three rounds. He uh, ended he w- he won by a unanimous decision. But the interesting thing I noticed in his fight, this guy, um, def- I, I don't I'm not sure if I've heard of him before or noticed him before, but I, I mean, notice him now. He 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 uh strong. I think he has a wrestling background. He he was he kept taking. Minus down, Giagos did. Uh, he was throwing this. Um, so like at the beginning, he did this. Uh, like I see, he would he would uh, throw an overhand right, and he was using his overhand right to transition to, and then he would change levels and and do a double leg. So he was he was getting doing well getting those takedowns because he then throwing his over throwing that overhand right he was throwing with. Good power, so he had minus defending against that and thinking about that. So he's threatened by that overhand right, and then he's able to go transition straight, uh, change levels, go right into that double leg, and he's able to maintain uh, top position through the the. Once he got the takedown, he's able to maintain top position, and he the only thing and the commentators even uh, can't remember which one, but they talked about it how he didn't. I guess he's not really a jiu-jitsu guy. He wasn't chasing any submissions. There were some that were uh, there for him. Because, I mean, he was dominating the, the positions, uh, and he was getting the positions, but he wasn't going for any submissions. 
because a couple times when he was like he had a, a, a arm triangle a lot of the time you know he's getting head control and then control the head and then uh, even an arm he was in p- p- great position for arm bar but uh he didn't but long story short uh he was able to he, he won by the he got what did i say already unanimous dishes decision decision <laughs> so yeah interesting guy Giagos on a keep on so yeah inter- he did that with you know couple only a couple days notice so it'd be interesting to see him with full fully prepped he'll, he, he'll be well do well next up oh jimmy flick yeah fucking <laughs> so this guy i think he was like an lfa champ he, uh, he made it he got his contract through the contender series and the guy he fought damn i wish i remember the dude's name should have went back and looked but that fight he so they went all three rounds and the guys he he had him in was an arm bar. He he just kept rolling through submissions. Jimmy Flick did. He would he he went into one um, submission and the guy fought. It was incredible the way this kid fought out. There's a couple of them there. It was like it looked like anybody else would have just fucking gave up or tapped or been submitted. But he he uh, he you know gritted his way through. So he the uh, Flick's opponent in the contender series. He would uh, fight through. Great defense, escape one submission, and flick rolled would roll right into another one, like from a triangle to an armbar to, and then back into, then take his back and then go to a rear naked choke. He was just continuously rolling from one submission attempt to the other, and I, I don't remember the numbers, but it was an incredible. But it was like that; he was just flowing from one, <laughs> one fucking trans, one uh, submission attack to the, to another, and then credit to the other guy to to his opponent. Uh, who kept uh, fighting out of each one? Um, so I, I was already so going into this fight, uh, Flick against Cody Durden. Um, Durden is a I guess two-time state champ, and he I was already uh, I was Flick already had him to win. Excuse me. Uh, and you know I was a little hesitant because I I knew so I was so this wrestler you know wrestler against jiu-jitsu guy. So there's all you know that always that debate about uh, grappling versus or uh, wrestling versus jujitsu. Uh, so I was like, oh, maybe this guy's a great wrestler. It might be hard for uh, Flick to um, even get him down or get into position, get into position to to um, attack a submission. But I mean, Flick, I mean, he's incredible at his submission game. So. I was like, yeah, I, I uh, was uh, betting on him to, to win that one. And he came out. So I guess round one, they, uh, yeah, they, oh, shit. They both come out. Uh, and uh, Durden ends up taking Flick's back and takes him down. Uh, and Flick, uh, he gets back up. And he was throwing so a little bit before the the ending exchange, he threw a uh, a left kick, high kick. He threw a combo with the kick and landed the kick. And then here, when he got up, he th- threw it again. But this time, when he kicked, uh, Durden caught his leg. So it's he, 
uh, Flick throws his left leg up. Durden catches it with his right arm, and Flick jump. <laughs> he jumps into a trap. He jumps up and throws his right leg over his uh, left ankle that's already up around the dude's neck because he caught it. So he jumps into a fucking triangle, and fucking taps him out from. He, he you know pulls him down to the ground and in, into a triangle. It was fucking incredible. And he because Durden was beating him on the feet. His his striking, he was landing uh, better. Sh- he was landing cleaner. He was landing more accurately, or he was landing uh, more powerful and more accurately. So he was beating uh, Flick on the feet, not terribly, but he was he was ahead of him. Like if they just stood on their feet striking the whole time, it, Durden was gonna beat him. And Flick, he and he, his obviously he's great two times state champ wrestler. So his wrestling was. Or his uh, takedown f- defense was great, but then he made that one little mistake. He caught uh, caught that leg kick, and uh, Flick just he jumped up, wrapped his head up in his legs, and, and tapped him out. It was pr- it was incredible. It's definitely something to check out. Uh, so yeah, excited to see Flick continue and see how how he does going forward. Uh, Jamie, after that, Jamie Pickett and Tafanu Chukwi, or Chukwi, uh, both, uh, Contender Series, excuse me, Contender Series alum as well, and, uh, Tafanu Chukwi, or Chukwi, or Chukwi, had a great knockout on there, I guess some people are saying it was like the knockout of the Contender Series for this year, but, uh, I can't remember the dude he's fighting, I think a dude from, like, uh, New Zealand or Australia, so a big uh, Polynesian dude, and he was uh, so the guy he kept. Uh, he was d- so after so Tafan would be throwing a combo, and this guy he would always after exchanges he was ducking his head. He was ducking down into the right. Uh, he was like ang- like to to get away after each exchange, and I th- I can't remember what it might have been into the third round, but uh, Tafan. He 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 got a read on that uh, the dude ducking to the right and in one of the exchanges he threw a combo the dude ducked to the right and he fucking kicked him straight shin to chin I think like kicked him straight in the fucking head and the dude was out um, and then uh, Jamie Pickett he threw <laughs> I think it was like a twenty two punch combo <laughs> to knock the dude out that he was fighting but it was just like boop, 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 look like a fucking uh, uh, video game, like, uh, almost like, what's that dude, E-Honda, where he does, like, that one-hand slap thing, but it was, but it was just, like, uh, yeah, like, he was just walking, for, it was 20, 20, I think it was 22, 22 or 25 is the number that's in my head, but, like, a 22 punch combo, just like, blah, 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 but, like, I'm thinking how many punches that is, just landing him on this dude's head to not, uh, TKO him. But so coming to this, this fight, I was uh, excited about this one. But my money was on Tafan for this one. It's where he's more power, and he's also thinking. Because uh, he showed in, in his fight where he knocked out that dude. Uh, that you know he thinks he and he plans out his 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 strikes. Um, he got the read on that guy that little he, that he bends so he uh, dips down to the right and. He got the read on that, and he fucking timed it perfectly. So I was, I was uh, leaning towards Tafan on this one. 
and so in the in the first round, yeah, they both come out, and the thing that I took note of was how calm Tafan looked. Like he he was very focused and calm. He didn't he wasn't didn't look uh, r- rattled or anything like like concentrated, and you could tell he looked like he he had a plan. And uh, Pickett ends up he Pickett does he ends up taking him down. But Tafan's able to he get he gets up pretty easy like he gets taken out but Tafan gets he gets right back up, and he was throwing, uh, uh like a big thing I noticed he's throwing a, a kicks behind all his combos so he do like a, a one two and then rear kick. And he was, yeah so he's hiding it, and he was hiding it well so that kick was coming right behind the punch and I was like all right one of these is gonna land, and um. Uh, so he, he comes out, he's striking well, and Pickett tries to take him down, and he, Tafan turns it into, a, he's able to reverse it and take him down. Then the round ends, they go to round two, they're doing the same thing, um, but Tafan, the different, once they, cl- once they clench up, Tafan's doing a really good job of pushing Pickett to the fence, and then he's working the body, like he, he in the clinch, he's, he's, uh, doing two, two or three, uh, He's hitting the body two or three times as he's got him clenched up against the the fence, and he'll hit him two or three times, and then get out or go back in and hit him a couple more times, just and working the body really well. And he was so in the clinches, he was he was winning the clinches for like handedly um, compared to Pickett. Pickett was he would like throw one strike or something in response, but uh, Tafan was just hit him two or three times to the body every time they clinched up. And, uh, but during one of those exchange exchanges, Pickett did, he did clear enough space, uh, and he threw like a four or five punch combo and two of them landed really like clean right on uh, Tafan's chin. And the thing I, the thing I noticed and that I liked about it was right there from Tafan cause he was hurt. Like, cause the first one you could see it when it hit him, you could see that look in his eyes when he's like, but he gritted that you could tell he's just biting down on his mouthpiece. And even though he was hurt, he maintained he maintained his his posture and his feet. He didn't he didn't uh, you know turn and s- turn away or try to back up. He just maintained his space. He didn't he played it well, like uh, trying to still presenting a threat to to pick it. But he was definitely hurt. And he he backed up um, as. Uh, Pickett was was coming at him after those two hits, but then he w- they move forward and there's like a clash of heads right before the end of the round. So they clashed heads. The round ended, and then when they come back from commercial, Pickett is you know complaining. Th- they call the doctor in because Pickett's complaining about the saying like it was an illegal headbutt. It was a head clash, but so he's saying it was a headbutt, and <laughs> they call the doctor in to look at him, and you can see him like shaking it out. Try and complain, and think uh, even Michael Bisping is like, <coughs> yeah. The doctor came in there. He looked at it. He said, "You're you're good to go." And um, instead of like, but Pickett, I, I don't. know, He kept trying to like signal to the judges and the 
the ref like that. He was like, oh, it was a headbutt. It was a headbutt. It was like, hey, it was a head clash that's behind you. You're going forward. The fight's in front of you. You got you to gotta keep going, man. You know what I mean? It's, But it, you could tell he was yeah, hurt or maybe he was, you know, who, who really knows? Maybe he might not even know. But to me, from the outside looking in, it was kind of like it felt like he was looking for a way out. Like after that second round. He's like, all right, I didn't have the success that I thought I would, especially after when he threw that, like, five-punch combo, and two of them landed clean, and Tafan was hurt. But I'm, I'm sure Pickett felt like he was like, oh, I thought I was going to get him out of there with that one, and then he, and then that, that forward motion, then they clashed heads, and then after that, he was kind of like, fuck, I don't know, like, I'm, I don't know if I can do that again to get this guy out of here because he was beating me up against the fence the whole time. And then that was like really the only exchange where I, he won. So it kind of seems like he had, he quit on himself, which was the opposite of, you know, uh, what I liked about what I saw with Tefan when he got hit. Because, you know, he had that look like, oh, he knew he got hit. You could tell he knew it hurt. But he is like, no, I'm in here. to. This is what I'm in here to do. And I'm going to finish. Pickett looked like. Oh, I think I'm done. It's like he he quit before cut it, uh, the fight was over. That's just my outside looking in opinion. What it looked like to me. Um. So then. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. So uh, in, in round three, yeah, Tafan ends up. He throws that that same combo. It's like uh, two punches and it, and with the the rear kick coming behind it, and he lands one. Uh, or actually, I think it was a kick to a punch. He threw a kick and a, a punch right behind the kick, and he dropped Pickett uh, in the third round. And then that was like, like it's like the most significant thing in the third round. And and unanimous decision goes to Tafan Chukwi, I think. And Chukwi or Chukwi? Oh, no, I'm sorry, but yeah, excited to see that guy go. What he does going forward. Uh, fight after that is. Jillian Robertson, uh, she's she was ranked 13 versus Talia Santos, and uh, I guess so. She was on the verge of either tying or surpassing Ronda Rousey for most submissions in women's MMA uh, or maybe women bantamweight. I don't know, but she was you know on the verge. She, she wanted to make submit uh, Santos to make her like. To, to you know to make a submission record or something so she's ooh, excuse me great known for her submissions is the point of saying that um and so long story short she loses but uh sh so she i mean so i'm say santos looks str stronger and her her the defense, her like jujitsu defense, was fucking on point. Like uh, Robertson, she because she she was attacking submissions the whole time, but Santos was able to uh, def defend against them. And then also when she got top position, I think in the beginning one of the first exchanges, because they they go to ground. Robertson's on the bottom, and she's attacking an uh, armbar. But um, Santos, so she, uh, sh you know, she's got her arm in there, but she she stacks 
she's stacking on top of uh, Robertson, and then she goes and puts her knee on top of her face, and she's able to do to get her arm out, and then she ends up in top position, and. Oh yeah, and that's how they got there in the first place. So they're uh, they're clinched up against the fence, and then uh, Robertson tries to jump into an armbar, and then that's how she ended uh, up in that position. Cause she she had the arm, but uh, Santos stacks her. She's defending. She stacks her, so she's getting the pressure off the arm. And then she puts her knee like straight on her face, and she's just sitting all her weight on her face. And uh, Robertson has to let go of the arm to get. To push their knee off of her face, uh, and then Santos gets out, and then th- you know they roll back and forth like they can. Uh, Robertson, she's continuing chasing uh, submission. She's like threatening the whole time, threatening submissions the whole time. But then uh, Santos gets on top, and she drops an elbow that cuts Robertson's nose, or I think like the bridge of her nose, like right between her eyes, uh, right there, and it cuts her open. And uh, that's like right at the end of round one. So she, after that, that cut was bleeding in her face the whole time. And it was kind of similar just the rest of the fight. It was uh, Robertson chasing submissions, threatening submissions. Santos successfully getting out of those, getting top position, and then uh, striking from the top position. And, I mean, that's like, this, I don't know. That's like a simple... S- summation of it but it was it was it was uh competitive and good to, it was gr- a great what to watch the whole time because it was it was like you could tell robertson she was just a little bit behind just a little bit she, she was n- not as strong as santos and santos defense against the uh jujitsu was just was was a little bit f- further ahead She's more successful at defending than Jillian was at attacking, and that gave her uh, the ability to to gain top position. And from t- top position, she was dropping strikes the whole time too. And like in that first round, she ch- she just she chopped her fucking nose to the bridge of her nose open too, and that was bleeding down it because Jillian was on her back most of the time. It was bleeding right into her eyes, and, and even though she was on her back, she was uh, attacking submissions the whole time. But like I said. Santos was not having it. She was getting out of all like a lot of other people would have been they would have been done. Especially that first one that jumping arm bar that she did. But Santos just defended perfectly and then gained top position and then threw strikes, made her pay for it every time. Uh so I mean it was a competitive fight. I think let's see, uh Santos I mean Robertson was thirteen, Santos, I don't know if she was ranked, so I mean now she's gonna be in there somewhere, top ten maybe. Um, after that was a win versus a Hoyo. So this was a, <laughs> I didn't realize it was a catchweight bout at first. I, I guess somebody f- opponent fell out. So they, they made a catchweight bout because, uh, so win is five, six and a Hoyo is six, three. Like I was in there looking at them and it made me think of the, um, what were the, the, um, David and Goliath matches back in like the first UFC, uh, where it's like where there's like no weight classes uh, and we're just like so it's like this little dude he's five six and Hoyo six three so that it just I don't know it's crazy to to look at because I was like how is he even gonna 
how's uh, uh, Wynn even going to get to this dude's face? But because <coughs> he's a, I can't remember, he's a wrestling background. I can't remember what exactly his credentials are, but he's a great wrestler. I guess he trains with uh, DC too. And uh, so he's able to get, so really the, the story of it was Wynn getting takedowns. He was able to just get takedowns. Oh, he'll get up. He'd get another takedown. He'll get up. Just takedown after takedown. He's like Ahoyo is able to use his uh, length, his reach against, I mean, obviously, you know, dude 6'3 uh, against Wynn, but Wynn was doing a good job of getting in, closing the distance. He, he got a couple strikes in there, but mostly what he was doing was getting those takedowns. Because um, even he'd get in there, he'd uh, be able to take his bag, he'd pull him down to the ground, do, uh, what do you call it, a cutback or whatever, and uh, he's able to take him down just, at will basically over and over and at round two you could tell Hoyo was was tired because I mean he was just getting taken down to the ground and get up down to the ground get up down to the ground uh, over and over and over so um that was pretty much it and uh yeah win win wins uh then going to the next one uh, Sajara Eubanks versus Panty, Panty, Kian, damn, I don't know how to say her name, Kianzid, Kianzad, sorry, Panty, so Sajara versus Panty, and, so, I mean, round one, Sajara came out, she was, uh, able to, she level changed right under one of the strikes, it was beautiful, uh, double leg takedown. Then, uh, you know, pulls her, pulls Penny to the fence. She's inside. She just controls her, takes her back uh, at the at the end of the round. So she's just controlling her the whole time. Round two, Penny comes in. She, I think she might have got taken down once or twice. But she, for the most part, defends the takedowns. And uh, she's landing more strikes. And uh, her, she's more accurate, more, more powerful. And... So, yeah, round two is, you know, they're just going back and forth. It's basically her uh, panty stopping takedowns and except for one or two and then outstriking Sajara. Then round three, Penny completely takes over. She keeps it on the feet the whole time. Her striking is cleaner. Um, and uh, and that goes to the decision. And, you know, the all, all, I think all three judges scored at 29-28. So. Yeah, you know, Sajara got that first one, obviously, and then Penny got the next two. Once she kind of figured out, she's like, all right, yeah, her game plan is going to be to take me down. I'm going to stop that, keep it on the feet, and she beat her with, uh, beat her on the feet. So uh, Penny won that one. And then the feature preliminary bout, Showtime Pettis versus Alex Morono. Um, and, you know, Anthony Pettis. Former former champ, I think he yeah champ WEC when it was WEC, then he was champ uh, in the UFC. Then uh, you know he's had a little go going back and forth since then, and I believe this was his the last fight on his contract. And well, I'll get to that, but so yeah, going into this, I think it was his last fight, so he's gone from champ, and now he's the future prelim. Um, but it was great. At round one, he sl he threw a kick and he slipped. He fell on his back. Morono capitalized on that and he controlled. He took him to the 
or he was on the ground. He took him and controlled him for the the whole first round till like right at the end, Pettis was able to get out and throw a couple strikes. And I think he even uh, got a takedown right at the end of the first round. Um, Moreno tried to take him down, and Pettis reversed it and took him down, like right at the end. But for the most part, Moreno um, had ground control of him the the whole first round. So going in the second one, you know they stayed on their feet, kept it on the feet. <laughs> Pettis didn't put himself on the ground, and you know his striking looked great. He was throwing a couple, some spinning shit, I think. And so he was doing well there. You know, he looked like what you expect out of Anthony Pettis, Showtime Pettis. Then round three, um, uh, same thing. Pe- Morona goes for the takedown, but the thing Pettis or yeah, Pettis was good at. Even though w- once he got taken down, he was good at getting his hips, his clear, and getting his hips to the mat so he could, um, and it, it get it, uh. What do you call it? Uh, like reverse the position and 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 end up end up on top, and he would get back on top, and then he would get back, and then right at the end of the round, he threw this beautiful. So it was like um, he threw a low kick, throw so like a low leg kick, and then so with his right foot rear through the low le- uh, leg kick, then with the same foot he spun. So he throws a kick. Low kick, then he spins and with the same foot and throws his uh, wheel kick and and hits Morono in the head. So it's just like leg, spin, head. Oh shit! So he's, it was it, it's cool. You gotta go back and look at it. So he goes, throws it, boom, hits him low, spins, hits him right in the fucking head, and he it looked like he was he was gonna uh, put him out, but um, he, and then he went. He, to try to finish him, but it was like right at the end of the round, so he's not able to finish him. But you know, he gets the unanimous decision. It's a 29-28, so kind of like with the Eubanks, it was like he won or uh, Morona won that first round, and then Pettis, you know, he out he he got him uh, this two and three, and so yeah, so he so so I think this was his last. Uh, the last fight on his contract, and he, yeah, so, yeah, for context also, so they're talking about, so I guess Dana was, Dana White was saying that there's, like, uh, 60, uh, fighters getting released here at the end of the year, you know, the fam- big was, um, oh, man, oh, yeah, uh, fuck, how can I not, what did it, the, the Cuban muscle crisis, uh, Yoel Romero, there we go. Yoel Romero, he went, got released. Uh, Rumble Johnson. Obviously, uh, well, I guess this was before this, uh, you know, um, Spider-Man, uh, Silva, Anderson Silva. But anyways, they're supposed to be like 60 total bunch. And they said there's big names on there too. So everyone right now is kind of, you know, fighting for their jobs. Uh, this was like the Pettis' last fighting his contract so the interesting thing great to see him get that win he called out um tony ferguson <laughs> uh who as we all know just had that painful painful loss to charles Oliveira. even though he he says he bro- <laughs> he broke him mentally uh, ferguson said he he, he broke Oliveira mentally in that first round when Oliveira was bending his arm backwards 
And then um, he had that fight before that with Justin where he just got pieced up. Um, but he did have, you know, he was on that 12-fight win streak. And then this, the last, these last two were not good. And he you know, he's, has kind of a uh, outspoken uh, stance or relationship with the UFC. I feel like he hasn't got his proper dues and respect. And I'm sure he gets paid a lot. So... I th- feel like th- with those two losses, two in a row, two d- devastating losses, he he probably is one of the candidates for getting let go. Because I'm sure Dana White feels like yo, you're not really a draw. You were on the last two fights and talk a lot of shit to us. So I'm sure his head is probably on the cho- chopping block. So it's interesting to see Pettis uh, call out Tony Ferguson, which and also be- it's also interesting because they they had that fight before and didn't go well for Pettis and so it's a, it's an interesting position that he's in so he's so Pettis is last fight in his contract possibly going out but he, he's coming off this win he was a feature prelim and he's calling out Ferguson who's looks like he's on his way down and it has that little you know that rematch kind of uh uh you know flavor or spin to it so that's I mean that's that's cool of him so it's cool and I, f- you know, smart, clever, because it's like, I'm, I feel like, I mean, obviously, I would like to see that rematch, and I feel like it, it, it gives the UFC something to sell. Cause say, uh, um, Pettis Ferguson two. You know, that's easy. Boom, that's an easy poster right there. Like I could see that being a a, a fight night for sure, and people, you know, Pettis is well liked. He's a great personality. People people like him. So, I feel like that was a smart move, and also it's you know it's kind of a nice like a, a, a you know um, I don't know like it's, it's, I don't know show of respect or acknowledgement is the right term, but so it's it's like uh, saying hey yeah Tony's everyone's count kind of like to me this is me interpreting it it's kind of like saying hey everyone's counting Tony out I still consider him you know a competitor and a vet of the sport and. Uh, Let's set this up, kind of thing. So, uh, that's fucking genius, smart move right there. <coughs> so then we go into the main card. First fight was Greg Hardy, Prince of War versus Marcin Tibura. and I guess the story going into this was they're both. Whoever wins would have the m- mo like the. It's like the winning streak, heavyweight winning streak right now of four or whatever. And uh, I did bet on Hardy. He's part of one of my parlays. Um, and he, and so he came out round one, looked fucking fantastic. He was, his, his striking was crisp. He was uh, very measured. He was, he wasn't uh, over committing. He wasn't, you know, just trying to throw bombs and then go in. He was. His jab, I was looking good, and his fucking counters were looking great. His he had his head movement, his, f- you know, footwork, heavy heavyweight footwork, but he was fucking moving around. He was moving his head, and he was countering. He would throw throw a, a punch, and then uh, he was setting up counters, trying to set traps. I was like, damn, this uh, he's fucking looking incredible. And I was like, yeah, and he was uh working up working over Typer that that first round he defended a take tried to take him down 
And then at one point, I uh, Hardy got Tiber against the fence, and he threw like five straight rights. He's like, "Bwop, bwop, bwop," and uh, then and then he would and then he would, ke- uh, he would go in and then come out. I was like, "Man, he's looking good. He's doing. He's gonna do well." But then I was I was looking at him. I was like, "Fuck, he's kind of sweaty. He looks like he's getting." I couldn't tell. That he didn't look like he was breathing hard, but he was really sweaty. And Tybura looked fucking like a like a dry fucking towel. And he, uh, so I was like, man, he's, he's, I was like, I don't know. We'll see, we'll see how he holds up in the second round. I was like, he's, but he's looking great. He was looking fucking crisp and clean. Um, so then they go into the second round. Tybura takes him down and then Hardy gives up. And that's how I'm, I can describe, I mean, I'm, like I said, it's me outside looking in, but it was, <laughs> I saw, actually I saw a meme that summed it up perfectly. It said, uh, Hardy, Hardy defeated in second round via exhaustion, <laughs> which fucking summed it up perfectly. Like he went a hundred percent, I guess in that first round, but he looked great. He looked fucking great in that first round. Then the second round comes out. I think he def- sort of defends one takedown, and then he gets taken down. And then once he's on the ground, he just covers up and then lays there. And Tybura starts. But I mean, obviously, I mean Tybura's like two hundred, two hundred sixty pound dude also. So he's got a two hundred and fifty plus man sitting on top of him, punching him in the head. So yeah, I, I mean, it, I get it. But also, he's a fucking heavyweight too, and uh, he was part of my gosh damn parlays. <laughs> But so the first round he looked incredible, and then the second round he gave up. So I guess we'll see where he goes from here. I mean, he was on his way up. A lot of people were saying, "No, no, he'll never. He just doesn't have it to make it farther than he is." And I don't know. Maybe he needs to get that cardio or asthma or whatever. I guess under control to get it done. But anyway, so going from there, uh, Marlon Marais versus Rob Font. And at this point, I'm like, I don't. I mean, Marlon Marais, he's good, but I, I just, like, going into it, I was like, he, I feel like he's a dude that gives up. Like, I've seen, I can't remember which fight it was. Fuck, who, who beat him? But it was kind of like he just gave, he, he kind of quit on himself. And. I mean, he had that fight with Aldo uh, where it looked like where he won the decision, but it did look like Aldo won that fight. Everyone else thought, except for the judges, thought he Aldo won that fight. And there was something about also about Marlon's speech at the end where he's like, ah, yes, yes, uh, uh, it, I know I win the judges they make the right decision although he's a great guy blah, blah. but i don't know the way he's talking and like i keep saying it's just me outside looking in but my the taste in my mouth about the way he was talking i was looking at him like he knew he lost and that's maybe i'm just uh bitter off um seeing him before and just and now every time i look at him i just see a quitter kind of i mean obviously he's top of the, he's this is just me being, <laughs> being critical, but p- not about his fighting. Obviously, it's great fighting, but I've just, I don't know, the personality, the the flavor I get in my mouth about him now is it's like like a quitter. I don't, his heart's not as in it anymore. 
And so, like, when he was giving his little victory speech, I was just like, I felt like a guy, he, I was listening to a guy that knew he got away with something, kind of. And and then, at least with Sanhagen in his last fight, Sanhagen, there was no question. It was Sanhagen, Sanhagen made him quit. Yeah, <laughs> he knocked him out. He, he, his body, his brain quit. But um, in this one, uh, he, and, like, close uh, almost a, with a minute left into the first round uh rob font tko'd him got him on the ground and he was there's some you know some of the announcers are saying it was a late stoppage and because i'm looking but the, so this is a weird thing too like i'm looking at uh marlon marais uh, he's on the ground font is on top of him and he's throwing elbows and punches and it's like marlon Cause I was like, "Oh, is he knocked out?" But then he kind of pulls his hands up, like he's gonna defend himself. But then he lets him back go. So it's like, I was like, "Could is he like knocked out?" And he he came back, you know, he came to, and then he got re knocked out. Or this is me just having that taste in my mouth. Or was he just like, "Oh, I give up. The ref is gonna stop it." But the ref didn't stop it because it he didn't look cleanly out. So there was like probably five unanswered shots maybe four four or five unanswered shots but it looked like because he went to his you know he felt he went down he went to his back then he looked like he was almost going to defend then he put his let his arms go then he was going to almost defend then he let his arms go so it was it was it was yeah it was weird but you know also he could have been you know knocked out came to then knocked out then you know what I mean? that could have definitely could have been what was happening but it also like i said maybe that's just the flavor i already have in my mouth about him of he's given up that he was just like oh i'm down here this dude is rocking me all right ref you're gonna stop this right but the ref let it go for like four or five punches but k-o-t-k-o who knows um but yeah i guess it sounds like i'm talking shit about him but you know, that's just me as a fan, as an observer watching it. Like, the dude's like, what, 135 pounds? He could still probably beat me up. So, <laughs> it would kick me right in the leg and I'd fucking fall over and, and cry. But, um, but I'm just me as a fan looking and watching. That's what I'm seeing. So, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he'll come back, prove me wrong. I'll have to eat, eat that crow. I'm not egg on my face. But, um, Next, oh, Michelle Pereira and Chaos Williams. Michelle Pereira, I love it. It's, it's He's exciting to fucking watch. And his first, so his like first fight in the UFC, it's fucking, <laughs> this dude is like uh, doing fucking um, backflip. Oh, my buddy Ethan was over. We did a, a Hogan Bon Salon episode. Uh, naughty Mormon, nice Mormon uh, kind of conversation since he's a, a good Mormon and I'm, I don't know, an apostate. I don't know what you would call me. Just a, a, not, a naughty boy. But uh, so we, we've had different lives in the, uh, growing up sort of in the same, raised to be in the same religion, but different results. But anyway, so he was over and we're watching the fight. And I was telling him about Michelle Beheta and like his first fight, he was doing like fucking, he starts, he like does break dancing and then he does capoeira and then he's fucking like doing the Showtime kick and doing backflips. I mean, he, there's his, I think it was that first fight where, I can't remember who he's fighting, but the guy, he's on his back 
he's on the ground on his back, and Pajeda like turns around and he does a backflip. <laughs> he like tries to backflip into Mount or backflip into the dude's car. Like <laughs> it was fucking crazy. I was like, who the fuck is this guy? Why haven't I seen him before? And uh, so he's fucking entertaining. I think his first two fights, he's able to do that, and then the third one, he gasses out. So he he's doing all because he, he, uh, maybe that's what I'm thinking of where he does the back flap flip into the dude's car, but the first two fights he's able to, he knocks the dude out. Um, he's doing all his flashy shit and he knocks the dudes out. Then the third one, uh, he's doing he's doing all his flips and fucking acrobatic shit, but he gasses out. So he after all he's he doesn't get to knock out uh, in that first round and then he's gassed out and then he squeaks through. I think he loses his decision. Who was it? Nico Price? Fuck, I can't remember who it was. But anyway, so he, he loses. And then he comes back, and then he's a little more conservative. So his fights after that, because he was huge. He was like, I think I remember, I think it was like a huge upset. Because he was like a huge favorite, favorite, um, betting favorite. And, w- w- and then the fight when he gasses out and loses. So after that, he's... Uh, you can tell he's been putting the work. I think they say he he moved to Vegas and now he's he trains. He goes to the uh, performance institute and does like all his meals and dieting and training and um, medical stuff all there. So he's really uh, been working on fixing his his uh, his game. So coming in this fight, I knew it with Cass Williams and you know Cass Williams was like he's like I think he was like ten and one or something coming to this and. Um, you know, his last two fights just starches the dudes in the fucking first 30 seconds of the, the fight. Um, that last one was like a, he pumped, like left, faint, uh, like a fucking jab, and just comes in with the right cross and puts the dude right to sleep. Just stiff, stiff, starch. Like the definition of starching them, stiff. So coming in this, I was like, oh, this is going to be a good fight. And, you know, last fight of the year. So I'll make my, my one big bet on... So Cass Williams, I made my big bet on him. Also, he's part of my parlay, which was already fucked because of Greg Hardy. But um, I also made some straight bets on uh, Cass Williams because I was like, yeah, he's. Uh, I was like, Pajeda, he, you know, he's. Because I was like, uh, he's either gonna do the flashy shit, gas out and get knocked out, or he'll be conservative like he has in his last um one or two fights, maybe one fight, his last fight. He'll be conservative and uh he'll um but he'll still so, so I, I figured he'll either be over over flat he, you know he'll do too much and get tired and get knocked out or he won't do enough and get knocked out so it's like that's the way i see this happening not not what happened went all three three rounds and uh Peta won the decision and so this this other thing too that was impressive so Cass Williams he was getting in there and Pajeda was better he, he was more diverse in his striking for sure and he he and and so he he was conservative in the first two round for the first round for sure most of the second round in the in the second half of the second round, he's he kind of started opening up. You could tell he's getting you know a little loose, started feeling himself. And in the third round, he kind of threw some a couple of spinny things. Uh, so he was 
uh, more diverse with his striking. Chaos Williams was a little cleaner, but he he was throwing. He was uh, he was more reserved, and he he was kind of like he was trying to throw that knockout punch. It wasn't like he was winging it every time. He was he he was working on closing that distance because Pahed had a reach on him. So he's working on uh, closing the distance and getting setting him getting himself in range to throw that knockout punch. And there were two or three times where he landed clean on Pajeda, and Pajeda just ate it. I was like, oh, fuck, Pajeda has a fucking chin. So, like, anybody else, that would have been asleep. But, I mean, and Cass William, he was doing every, for the most part, doing everything, I mean, my opinion, doing everything right. Because he was getting, he was closing that distance, and he was landing that fucking killer punch. But, it, I mean, I mean, uh, Pajeda has just got a great fucking chin. We know that now. He ate two or three clean, flush fucking punches from Chaos Williams right on the chin. And he kept going. So, I mean, Michelle, uh, Pajeda, like he's, one, he's uh, learning. You can tell him, like he came out in the first one just trying to be fucking Cirque du Soleil uh, all over the place. Uh Try to be my buddy Ed, Ed York, and uh, check him out. He does some cool shit. He's I think he uh, if you get degrees, you go to Cirque du Soleil University or something. He did that shit. This dude is fucking ripped. But anyways, I'm just bragging about him because I feel like it's bragging about me. <laughs> but uh, stories about hi- fucking him when not not or not fucking him, but uh. I would be so lucky, you know, <laughs> but coming when we lived together in uh, fucking California, he was doing, I can't remember the kind of yoga it's called, but it's basically, it's basically him like holding women up in the air, like hot yoga chicks, like holding them by their fucking ass and vagina and in the air, like doing different poses where I don't know what it's called or what it does, but it's like, it's like. You know, he's like that, you know, that that straight cheerleader dude. So he used to hang out with all the hot chicks. And they all, like, confide in him and shit. But good for you, man. Good for you. But anyways, the point of that was that he graduated from Cirque du Soleil College or whatever, university. And the point of that was saying that Michelle Pajeda is learning. So he came out flashy, fucking great. It worked for him for, like, one or two fights. But then he figured out once he doesn't get that knockout, that shit is fucking exhausting. He gasses him out. And if it goes to decision, then, you know, it's up to the ju- judges. So he learned from that and he became more conservative. So, like, in this fight, he, uh, you know, first first round, very conservative. The second round, conservative, but he started opening up. Third round, then he really opened up. And also, on top of that, not only is he learning, we have learned that he has a great fucking chin. He just he ate two or three straight punches from Chaos Williams. So whew, I'm excited to see. I, I mean, I was already excited to see. And I hated, I didn't like betting against him. But I was just like, I mean, Chaos, he's going to knock him out. He's going to be able to get in there either because of the exhaustion or because of him being conservative. But Chaos Williams going to be able to get in there and touch his chin, which he did. But it didn't have the effect I thought it would. So I'm excited to see. So yeah, and then yeah, one to decision. Uh, of one, uh, two rounds to to one switch. Um, 
I can't. I'm not. I'm not mad at. I feel. I think that that was a, from what I, from stupid me, from dumb me watching. That's my, what I saw too. But uh, yeah. I, I mean, my my my. Yeah. Again, like I, my prediction of the technique of what was going to happen did happen, but the outcome I predicted wasn't the outcome. <laughs> so you know, I mean, ugh, it hurts, but I'm also not mad. And it's also good for um, Chaos Williams because now he knows, oh, maybe I'm not going to knock him out every time. What am I going to have to do to to win even if I'm not, if they're not going to go to sleep from me just getting in there. So definitely he needs to, uh, I think he did get taken down. He wasn't really, he didn't have anything to offer from his back. So that's something to work on. This is uh, his ground game for sure. I mean, I can only imagine if he was able to, even just defensive jiu-jitsu to be able to get back and get top of it. Oh, can you imagine him in full mount or even half guard dropping fucking bomb elbows and hammer fists or fucking full mount punches right in the dude's face? Oof. So, I mean, yeah, I'm sure Cass Williams, I'm sure he's pissed and fucking bitter about the decision, but hopefully he takes this and learns and, you know, he's able to go forward because, you know, fucking he's still great to watch. I'm, I'm still excited to see him going forward. And like I said, I hated, I hated betting against Beheta, but I'm also excited to see what, like I said, that we learned that he has a fucking chin, so he's going to be cool going forward. And <laughs> I think he's like buddies with Johnny Walker, too. I think that would be a cool fight to see, but I don't know if they'll, because they're like buddies or something, but they're, but I think Beheta will fucking uh, just fucking trounce, especially after watching that. And fucking, man. Just he can eat those punches and fucking do all that shit. Oh, exciting, exciting to see him going forward. Um, let's see. Oh yeah. So after that, fucking damn, we're already coming up on an hour. Jose Aldo and Cheeto Vera. So Cheeto. So obviously Aldo. Former champ, he was like unbeaten for 11 years until that fateful day, not too long ago, I think 10 years ago, earlier in December, when uh, the champ champ, uh, or it wasn't the champ champ th- yet, but he uh, fucking knocked him out now. And uh, so Aldo's been going back and forth. He went, he went down a back in down a weight class, went down to bantam weight to to try to have a one. Then he had that you know fight with. Uh, Marais, I was just talking about earlier. Um, then he got the title fight against Pure Yan, where he gassed out. He's looking great. Then he gassed out, and then Pure, 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 fucking just was. That was a late stoppage. Oh, um, he was fucking. That fucking ref. It was. That was hard to watch because Pure. And I mean, Pure was doing his job. He was fucking. But Aldo was done, and that that ref was just like I don't know. He had money on <laughs> on him or something. He's like, get up. I'm losing money. But um that's a joke. But uh but um but um but um so Cheeto and, and Aldo, this fight. So I, I was excited to see this because so the last fight that Cheeto had was against Sugar Sean O'Malley, who is one of my favorite fighters to watch. And also like his podcast, check it out with him and his um coach Jim Welch. They have great hot podcasts. They talk about uh, different, like their different routines and then just kind of like lifestyle, holistic lifestyle type things on, 
on diet and um, awareness, the different books and podcasts they listen to or read and listen to, and they're just um, mindset on life, and they both have like a, I hate the term open relationship with their girls, but or their women, their ladies, their women folk, but um, it's, it's, so it's, they have like an open communication relationship with them where they, uh, you know, they, th- so it's basically they can just do, be themselves. So they're like, oh, I saw this girl that I thought was attractive. And their girlfriend's like, oh, yeah, well, go see what, if you can make something happen. And it's funny because a lot of <laughs> st- stories are they're like, yeah, saw this hot chick. I tried to get with her, get my number and she shut me down. <laughs> but um, so, I mean, I can relate to that. That's why I think it's funny because it's like, well, and, and also it's it's cool to see that. So with their, in their relationships with their females that they're able to talk about anything, they're able to say anything, and and they also admit, they're like, yeah, everything I say isn't, we're not, you know, they don't like everything, but we're able to talk about it, and and it goes the other way too, like, their girls, if they see a dude, they're like, oh, that dude, I want that dick or whatever, and they're like, oh, yeah, they can talk about it, so instead of having, like, a lot of people that kind of pretend, like, Oh, I'm in a relationship. No other people exist. Like that's fucking. You're, so you're just in this like a greed lie, kind of thing. But anyways, saying all that to say that, uh, yeah. So Sugar Sean, one of my favorite fighters. Top three for sure. Maybe number one. Who do I like better than him? Oh, maybe Izzy. Man, yeah, Izzy Adesanya. So th- he's right up there. Maybe they're tied. It's hard. I don't want to pick a favorite. <coughs> but, uh, but, um, but, um, but, um, so, yeah, Cheeto Vera, his last fight was with, uh, Sh- Sean O'Malley. And in that fight where Sean, he had, uh, a drop foot, he got kicked in the nerve or whatever, had drop foot. And Cheeto ends up on top. And che- Cheeto was acting like he fucking whooped his ass. And at the end, yeah, he was dropping elbows on his fucking face. Like, yeah, you you can't argue that it was you know TKO, um, but before that, Cheeto was fucking scared. You could tell he was scared. He's he was fucking reacting to every feint, and he, he didn't want to engage. And he didn't get he didn't get like uh, vicious until he realized that uh, Sean was on the ground, and then he was then he was on top of him. Then he was like, oh, it was like it looked like. Um, uh, like a dog that like ran up on a snake, you know, because the dog is like big and and, and kind of barking, but he's like real hesitant. He's not gonna go in there, not gonna go right in there and bite that snake because that snake is dangerous. So that's kind of like what it looked like to me. Uh, and he was always he always looked like he was gonna get he was afraid of getting bit. And he also so after that fight, he, uh, Cheeto after that fight he, uh, you know he's talking. Well, sort of talking shit, but I mean, he was on um, Food Truck Diaries, and he's and he's like, oh yeah, yeah, I just, you know, I'm a great at kicking. I kicked him right in the leg, and that's that's you know that's what I was you know mean to do. He needs to check check kicks better, and yeah, I'm gonna say yes, and also, but also, uh, uh Farasa Hobby talked about it, and then also Michael Chandler, that it's a, it's uh not a common thing but it's a com it's a thing that happens uh the drop leg where you get hit right in that nerve and it puts your foot to sleep and sometimes the fighter doesn't even know it um 
and because I've seen it where in, so, in Chandler's talks about how it's happened to him and uh, Farasabi, I forget who what fighters he talks about it happened to, but he he said he's seen it happen and they're like you can tell them wobble and they're just like what the fuck because they can't feel their foot so it's just numb they don't know what's going on. Um, but sometimes then they're able to cover the, f- the feeling comes back. But for Sean in that fight, like you could see where he starts stepping funny and then he fucking like rolls his ankle twice. So his foot's numb. He rolls it twice and it's due to the kicks. Yes, due to the kicks. But a, a point that uh, Sean brings Sh- Sugar Sean brings up is like, yeah, he. Oh, yeah, I guess his plan going in there was to kick me right in the nerve and put my foot to sleep. So good on him for, you know, <laughs> successfully doing that plan. But you know, long story short, the 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 drop foot it came from Cheeto kicking him. So and then he got on top of him and dropped the elbows right in his fucking face. So you know, got him. It happened. That's you know, that's fighting. That's what's bad and great about fighting. It's just shit happens. You know, you never know. Uh, anyone can beat anyone. It's possible that something could happen. Uh, but the thing about it too is Cheeto's like, no, I'm not interested in a rematch. He's like all high about how, oh, yeah, whooped his ass. But he's like, no, 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 I don't, I'm not interested in a rematch. And I was like, fuck, well, at first when it happened, I wanted, I was like, fuck Cheeto. I want him to fucking his life to fall apart, blah, blah, blah. Then I saw his food truck episode and saw his life story. And I was like, damn, this dude, he's just like a good dude. He's a dad. He fucking literally like the American dream came to America. He's working and he got his family. Fuck, I wish I remember. Where is it? Venezuela? Ooh, my bad dude if it's not Venezuela. I think it's Venezuela. I'll, I'll have to look it up. But anyway, so wherever he, his family's somewhere else, not in America. He comes to the States and he has to win. He has to win his fights to be able to make the money to get his family um, to be able to come to the States. So then he, he's winning, he's winning, he's winning. And then also his daughter has like this condition where she's going to need surgery and they're looking at so he has enough money to buy a house so i think he gets enough money to to get his family to the states and then they're gonna buy a house he has the money to buy a house like in cash but his daughter also needs surgery and he said he was like thinking about it and he was like told his wife he's like yeah he's like i I can't he's like we have to get the surgery for her man i'm gonna cry thinking about it (laughs) so we had to get the surgery for her um because he's like i couldn't live with myself if i'm like yeah I, i'm gonna buy this house but then every day I have to see his daughter struggling um <coughs> damn so then he uh they do that he fucking he uh pays he, he gets the surgery then he goes on and then he's like he keeps winning and he's able to finally he's about long story short they get the house they get the surgery like he's taking care of his family so it's like fuck Whew. and then going into that fight with uh sean o'malley he uh, I think he had just l- he had like an asterisk loss against I think it was Song Yudong, but everyone it was a, a decision loss. He was pissed. He still got his his bonus I think because he was pissed about it. And I guess Dana White went in the back and like he's like yeah oh, you think you won. Um, so going into that fight with Sh- Sugar Sean, he's coming off of that. So it's like man, after seeing his story, I was like damn yeah this he's just a, he's a good dude. He's just a dad. He's fuck. But I was like, I, I obviously I want Sean O'Malley to win. So, but so I guess long story longer, he going into that fight, it sucks that uh, Sean O'Malley lost. 
but also it's kind of like Cheeto needed that win more than he did, even though you know he's twelve and one or thirteen and zero, whatever he says. But it's twelve and one. Um, it was like he he can recover from that loss. Um, better than Cheeto. So going into this, I was like, all right, I want to see Cheeto do well. And um. So, cause, well, first I was like, fuck that guy. I hope he gets his ass beat. And all. I was like, he's just going to be in the prelims from now on. Blah, blah, like all pissed off and shit. But going in, and then when I saw he got the fight with Aldo, I was like, oh, man. So that'll be, n- I'd like to see him do well. Because I think that would also s- look better if he does well for him being the only guy so far to beat Sean O'Malley. If he goes, does well, and maybe eventually they can both, you know, rematch at the top at some point. Some kind of main event. And, uh. So with this fight with Aldo, because Aldo's kind of on his way down in a way, and uh, he's a legend. Uh, so Cheeto getting a fight. He this, so he was co-main last time, beat uh, O'Malley. Then co-main this time. I was like, if he beats Aldo, it's like, man, sky's the limit. But he didn't. Um, he was kind of doing well. Then Aldo got him on the ground in that third round too. He controlled him on the ground. There was nothing he could. You know, he just. Couldn't deal with um, uh, Aldo had him. He, he took his back and he just couldn't get him off his back. And <laughs> Aldo, in the beginning, he, he threw like one or two leg kicks. And it was like, oh, please keep going. Because that's what he used to be known for those fucking nasty ass leg kicks. And he really hasn't been. Maybe he had an injury or something. I don't think it's come out, but he's. No one knows, but he just he has he hasn't been throwing them like he used to. Um, but he threw one. I was like, oh, he's gonna fucking break Cheeto's legs. But he only threw like one or two. Um, but anyways, so the point of that was now this opens up interesting that uh, so it's, it's Cheeto is not on the way up anymore, and he lost his Aldo's rank. I think Aldo was like seven or something. So doesn't hurt Cheeto's ranking at all to, to lose to Aldo. Um, but he is. It puts him in a precarious situation now. Because he's got that one loss. And another one won't look good. But also. He's in that number 15 spot. So who. So like looking for future fights. So it's sh- should be someone 14 through 1 or whatever. But he lost to Aldo, so I don't know. Does this like get put put some leverage for for making that rematch with Sugar um, possible? I don't know. That would be cool though. But uh, yeah, I guess Sugar's talking. He's been talking shit to Cody Garbrandt on the Twitters, and they've agreed to fight each other. We'll see if that happens. That would be a cool fight. Um. Fuck, I'm over an hour, so I'm gonna hurry up. Uh, so that was Cheeto co-main event, then Wonder Boy and Jeff Neal, and uh, yeah, Wonder Boy did the thing. Jeff Neal and this deal, he wasn't able to get him, and Wonder Boy was fucking. He just showed why they are why he's he's the Wonder Man, Wonder Adult. Uh, but it was great. It was a great fight to watch, as well. All three round or all five rounds. Um, but Wonder Boy was just. Bop, 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 piecing him up, dancing around, staying on the outside, 
tap 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 a roo just on his on his face and body tap 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 a roo um so yeah that was uh last UFC event for 2020 got three weeks of no UFC events then January 16th gonna be fucking Max Blessed Holloway and Calvin Cater Cutter Cater oh excited I mean Holloway's gonna win but it's still gonna be good Ooh, it's gonna be good because Cater's a bad mama jamma but Holloway's got that reach got that cardio he's he's, he's working his way back to the to the tippity toppity and uh, but Cater is fucking a beast so it's gonna be good I mean he, could he win yeah he definitely could is it going to I don't think so and that's not anything against him that's just fucking how like the things I said how good Holloway his fucking volume his cardio his reach his experience I don't know if oh Cater did have a main of it with uh, Dan Ige uh, he went He did they go five rounds though I think they went to the decision did they go to I don't remember but anyways, I mean, Holloway's been fucking uh, main eventing since fucking, what is it, 212? I don't know. I can't remember. <sighs> 2016, 15? I don't know. But anyways, yeah. I th- I th- yeah. Uh, like I said, Cater, could he win? Yes. Do I think he's going to? I, I don't. I don't think he's going to. Um, then after that, oh, God, Poirier McGregor, the 23rd of January. Oh, Poirier McGregor 2, or Prober, as fucking, what was that Paul kid said? Prober. Um, and then after that, February 13th, I think Sugar's supposed to be fighting somebody in February. So I think he's going to be at Fight Island. That'll be cool. I like to see him in, uh, a bigger cage with more room to move around. Uh, I don't. And I don't. I don't know. They haven't. And I don't know who he's fighting though. That'd be cool if it was Cody or Garbrandt. That would be a good fucking fight. But uh, <coughs> uh, let's see here. Then after that, yeah, 13 February says TBD v TBD. They have a picture of Mar- Macy Barber on there. <sighs> yeah. And then, uh, then Amanda Nunez and uh, Megan Anderson. I think it's supposed to happen in March. And excited to see. I'm excited to see Amanda Nunez, and I'm excited to see Megan Anderson. But I'm not excited to see them fight each other. I mean, Megan Anderson. I mean, I, I guess there's just they don't have people for Nunez to fight at 145. And I'm not uh, and. I mean, Megan Anderson's fun to watch. S- super hot, fucking long, tatted, and fucking Australian. But uh, I mean, her fights in the UFC, she ha- haven't really. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, maybe she'll pull it off, but <sighs> it's kind of like that. Whatever. I, I I'm not gonna talk shit on it. It's I'm 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 just saying that I'm I'm. I'm excited to see either one of them fight, but I'm not really excited to see them fight each other. Uh, and then uh, I guess uh, uh, the lioness's wife, uh, Nina Ansaroff, is going to be fighting Mackenzie Dern. Oof, 
Oh man, I, I mean, for me, I think Mackenzie Dern's gonna get that one, but we'll see. That's coming up. And then I did. I wanted to talk about the Chelsea and Submission Underground was this past weekend, or yeah, weekend as well. Fucking gr- oh yeah, because I mentioned it earlier. So I just r- real quick, just the the highlights of it. So um, Bader beats Rumble. And he looks strong. So this is interesting. I mean, I guess Rumble's going to Bellator now uh, at light heavyweight. And Bader's the heavyweight champ. Um, so ma- I guess maybe that's... Hmm, but Bader was just pushing Rumble around. He was just pushing him around. Um, Cowboy beat RDA twice. <laughs> so it was like they... they Cowboy won. and But uh, RDA, it was a weird thing where RDA was trying to push... Um, he was pushing the uh trying to clear cowboy's knee but it, he tapped it it looked like a tap twice so the the ref called it so he said it was a tap already was like no no no, i wasn't tapping and he's cowboy and just chew cowboy uh on brand he says he's like well no, no, no let's just run it back let's do it he's like we'll, we'll, we'll do it again <laughs> russ like no that's not how it works but then they come back and i guess they had made a gentleman's agreement in the back and after the main event they come back and they run it back. They do the, they do the overtime again, and Cowboy wins again. He uh, I believe he arm bars him. He taps him out. So I mean, he wins. Uh, so yeah, just fucking <laughs> that's Cowboy. <laughs> but uh, let's see. So Amanda Lowen, she beat Felicia Spencer, who had fought Amanda Nunes at two fifty UFC two fifty. But uh, sh- so Amanda Lowen becomes the first female champ for submission underground. She had this deep arm. It was beautiful armbar. Uh, you know, one where she had just tucked into her fu- her uh, hand, tucked under her uh, armpit. But it was it was cool. Um, <coughs> and then the big thing. Oh yeah, also uh, Craig Jones beats Brent Pr- Primus. Uh, Brent Primus, I guess I chal- uh, called called him out, and Craig Jones just fucking phew, steamrolled him. Um, and then Mason Fowler beats uh, Ishii, uh, taps him out. I guess Ishii's a wor- uh, gold medalist, Olympian, a world champion, something like that. But this dude looks big as fuck. He's a jacked-looking dude. But Mason Fowler. Oh yeah. So if y- if you don't watch grappling at all and you want to see some fucking cool grappling, watch Mason Fowler. Cause watching him and it's like. Because when he's grappling, he you can t- see he's using every piece of his body. He knows he knows where every piece of his body is positioned in accordance to his uh, his um, competitor uh, opponent's body, and even just the positioning of where he's setting his feet down to and and angle the angle of his his knees to control the position of his opponent's body to keep their hips in line or even uh, I think when he ta- he, he does ta- when he does tap him so he's he's uh, in the arm bar he's going for arm so his left arm hooked under Ishii's right arm and Ishii's uh, got his hands locked together trying to defend the arm bar so Mason's pulling with his left arm pulling uh, trying to pull the arm free then he's got his right arm hooked into Ishii's uh, leg so he's folded him that way, and then he he takes his foot and he lifts his his foot and uses his foot to push his Ishii's to break Ishii's grip. So he's 
his two hands are engaged. He uses his foot to push Ishii's hand free, and that pulls, uh, and then he's able to uh, crank the arm bar from there. So it's, he's fucking, it's incredible watching this guy, because uh, it's, impos- it's impossible to describe in words. You got to watch it. Just look at the way, and even when he, like, he's on Ishii's back, and um, Ishii's trying to escape from uh, back control, he, as Mason, he'll, he 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 rolls to one side and he'll put his foot down and angle his foot to maintain and he's just perfectly balancing Ishii's hips or uh, and keeping himself in line or or he's got his legs set up and and then you can see him make these tiny little incremental movements with his heels just tiny little movements just where he's he's changing uh the position and the pressure of uh, his his uh, legs and his knees. So it's while he's working the top, you can see he's working the bottom. Like every piece of his body is continuously moving. It's like he, it's crazy. It's like he knows exactly where his body is and where his opponent's body is, where the weight is supposed to be balanced and the pressure points of pressure are, are at and where they're going to be. And he just, he's like a fucking, it's like a, I don't even know what it's like a, like a machine, like a, I wasn't say like a blob that moves, but he's like a, a blob of steel. He's fucking, it's crazy. But anyways, Mason Fowler, check him out. But anyways, uh, I think that oh, yeah, and Hamza and and Ed, Hamza Chimaev and uh, Leon Edwards. I guess they're planning that for January twentieth, but we'll see. Looking forward to that one for show. But anyways, uh, fuck, almost an hour and a half now. That's it. Thank you. And fuck you very much. Bye.